Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 14th of October. Pfizer's COVID vaccine is a step closer today to being made available for millions of Australian children under the age of 12. The Therapeutic Goods Administration has issued a provisional determination, meaning Pfizer is eligible to apply for the initial approval of its vaccine to include children aged between 5 and 11. Pending approval from the TGA and the go-ahead from Atagi, Health Minister Greg Hunt says the federal government has the supplies of the vaccines and it could be made available for the younger age group in a matter of weeks. Deakin University epidemiologist Professor Catherine Bennett says the new announcement follows trials in the US. It depends on not only what they see in the data from Australia's point of view, we have a very cautious review process, which is as it should be. But also they've got to look at it in the bigger picture about what is the risk to children, what is the risk of transmission. Victoria has recorded its deadliest day of its COVID outbreak this year, recording 13 deaths yesterday. The state also saw a slight increase in infections with 1,571 new cases. Meantime, showing that COVID does not discriminate able to attack anyone at any age, a teenager yesterday joined health officials in Victoria at the COVID update, sharing her near-death experience with the virus. 17-year-old sailor had to learn to walk again after being in intensive care in hospital for 15 days. There are a lot of people my age who think they're invincible and don't need the vaccine. They think they're young, they don't have underlying conditions. They won't be affected, but COVID almost killed me. I don't want anyone my age to have to lie in a hospital bed and tell their family, I'm sorry, I did not get vaccinated in time. And the Victorian Premier has hinted the state could come out of lockdown earlier than planned. Further clarity will be given on the roadmap by the end of the week as vaccination rates power towards the 70% double-dose target earlier than expected. Daniel Andrews says everyone in the state has banded together. For the first time, we will ease these rules, we will end these lockdowns, we'll move to a lockout rather than a lockdown because we've been able to get the vaccination numbers to where we thought they'd be and in fact to be beyond that. That's the really impressive thing. Now, we've never done that before. In Queensland, there are reports this morning that thousands of Pfizer doses are being thrown out in Brisbane as vaccination demands decrease. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk warning the border could reopen with New South Wales within weeks, but only if vaccination rates increase. It comes as a woman faces court on the Gold Coast today for allegedly pretending to be a doctor and handing out hundreds of fake COVID exemptions. And Hollywood royalty has rocketed into space this morning, making history in the process. And capsule touchdown. Welcome back, the newest astronauts. <laughs> Star Trek star William Shatner, who at 90 years young has become the oldest person ever to head into space on a rocket ship built by billionaire Jeff Bezos. William saying the 10-minute trip was life-changing. I hope I never recover from this. I hope that I can uh, maintain what I feel now. I, I don't want to lose it. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To the ACT first, and the Territory will come out of lockdown at midnight tonight after nine weeks under stay-at-home orders. Our reporter Madeline Larson has more from our national newsroom. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Canberra is still on track to see an easing of restrictions despite reporting its second-highest daily COVID figure yesterday with 51 new cases. It'll come as a relief for businesses with hairdressers, accommodation and non-essential retail to reopen. Well, being in the centre of the state doesn't make things simple. Travel will be allowed to a list of New South Wales postcodes for essential purposes like work, health and childcare. But once you leave... Once you leave the ACT, regardless of whether you're an ACT resident or not, and go into New South Wales, you are subject to the rules in New South Wales. Chief Minister Andrew Barr there. He says New South Wales Health is expected to give further advice in the coming days. And to New South Wales, and a voluntary assisted dying bill will be introduced to state parliament today. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. It's been nearly four years since a bill to legalise voluntary assisted dying in New South Wales was knocked back. But now 28 MPs from across the parliament have pledged their support for a new bill. It's being presented to parliament by independent member for Sydney, Alex Greenwich, and he says he's feeling optimistic. New South Wales will be the last state to legislate for voluntary assisted dying. That means our legislation can be the strongest and we can learn from all the other states to make sure that we have robust safeguards and a really solid process. Neither the new Premier, Dominic Perrottet, nor the New South Wales Labor leader, Chris Minns, support the bill, but both support a conscience vote on the legislation. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. The country's biggest and most successful bank, CBA, has been targeted by environmental activists. Yes, the environmental activist group called Market Forces went to the CBA's annual general meeting and demanded the bank stop lending to coal, oil and gas companies. However, the company chairman, Catherine Livingstone, effectively told the group it would restrict loans to high emitters but would not be told what to do by the group. These corporate fights with green groups are a sign of things to come. Certainly will be, Peter. And Qantas, of course, is desperate to get back into the skies eventually when borders reopen, but it has a massive problem, a lack of pilots. That's right. The SMH says Qantas is facing a staffing hangover, having to retrain at least 200 pilots to ready itself for flying. This follows 238 pilot redundancies during COVID, which hit the company's bottom line by $70 million. Over the two years of the pandemic, the airline has lost $1.96 billion last financial year and $1.73 billion this year. COVID certainly had so many impacts on so many lives, Peter, and the boss of the fourth biggest bank in the US has told a local conference that as a result of COVID, the workplace has changed forever. That's right. The CEO of City, Jane Fraser, told an Australian New Zealand conference that returning to work has become the conversation starter for everyone. In the US, employees are saying they don't want to go back to Groundhog Day of going to work each day. The US right now has labour shortages no one ever expected, where there are 7 million unemployed, but 11 million jobs no one is taking because they don't want to go back to the old job world. Why the future? Thanks so much, Peter. Cheers. Oh, <laughs> 
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The Dolphins have started planning ahead for when they enter the NRL competition in 2023 after officially winning the 17th licence. Good morning, Tash. I think they've been planning for this for a while and now talks are ongoing with Wayne Bennett to coach when they enter the comp in 2023. He's moved back to Queensland after coaching South Sydney for the final time in that heartbreaking grand final loss. So we'll wait and see what happens there. And then, of course, players. They can start signing up players from the start of November this year year, even though they don't enter the competition for a couple of seasons. As we mentioned, names like Cam Munster, Harry Grant, Christian Welsh, even Kalen Ponga, the, the Knights uh, superstar, have been mentioned as potential targets. Uh, Chairman Bob Jones says they're still figuring things out. I really don't know who's available. Um, you know, there's lots of wonderful players in the competition. Uh, it's, but we really haven't thought that far ahead. Well, I certainly haven't. And I think signing a coach like Wayne Bennett will help them attract those big names. So maybe they'll sign the coach first and then try and get some of those star players across the line. Yeah, absolutely. And the AFL trade period is done and dusted with some players finding new homes while others have been left a little disappointed. Yeah, let's start with those who couldn't find a new club on the final day of the trade period. And uh, top of the tree was uh, Bobby Hill, the young small forward from GWS, wanted to move to Victoria for family reasons. Partner is uh, heavily pregnant. He was in tears when that deal didn't go through. The Giants say it was never on the table. He requested a move to the Bombers. Here's his manager, Colin Young, speaking to Fox Footy. So I think Bobby will be here with, with her till at least December. Obviously, there's 10 months of the season, so Bobby's pretty deflated right now, and he's going to have a drive to Northern to be with the family tonight. We'll give it three or four days' time. We'll catch up, see how it all sits. Obviously, he's pretty upset. Now, the big blokes dominated the final day last night. Peter Laddams went from Port Adelaide to the Swans, who coughed up pick 12 and got back 16. Jonathan Segler moved from the Hawks to Geelong, who lost Darcy Fort to the Lions. Cats list manager Stephen Wells says they are well stocked for big men. A couple of very experienced ruckmen now, and Reece Stanley and Jonathan Segler, Asava Radagalia, of course, and then a number of developing young ruckmen as well who might also get their opportunity. And it was a happy homecoming for Jordan Clark. He's going back to WA, struggled for opportunities at the Cats. He will play for the Dockers next season, Tash. And Brett, a key all-rounder is battling to be fit for the Aussies' first game at the T20 World Cup. Yeah, gearing up for South Africa uh, this weekend. Marcus Stoinis hurt his hamstring a couple of weeks ago. Looks like he is likely to be picked for the opening match against the Proteas. Uh, he is well on track in his recovery from that. Now, his WA teammate, Josh English, has been in a great form. He was considered a selection bolter in the squad because he's never played for the national side. Certainly in line to debut, but he's a very uh, humble young man. He says he won't put his personal ambition ahead of team success. If you're thinking about personal success, you're probably in the wrong game. I'll be more than happy to score zero runs for the tournament and lift it at the end of the tournament than not. And some big news at the top of cricket as well. Cricket Australia's chairman has quit. Earl Eddings falling on his sword after pressure from Queensland and New South Wales for change at the top of the game. He was due to stand for re-election today, Tash. Massive day getting sport. Thanks so much for the update, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And the mission is on to get Hollywood superstar Chris Hemsworth to Cowra in the central west of New South Wales. A tourism campaign has been launched by a group of passionate locals hoping to attract the Thor actor to town so he can show off the area. Just like the big banana in Coffs Harbour, the locals already want to build a big Chris in a local park. The big Chris, four storeys tall and a beard like Spunkanola. This could make him really famous. And what if he doesn't come? No, we'll still build it. We'll just make him bald and fat. 
We know he's a superhero. So it's over to you, Thor. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.